Hi friends and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. We're in our fourth and final session on this Advent series. So we're coming into the fourth week of Advent. And so we're going to have, as we have been all throughout this time, we're going to have a couple of the traditional readings that throughout uh, the history of the church and up and down the country, not, uh, not to mention the entire world, churches will be reading from these set readings and this structure that takes place the same every single year. Well, it rolls. There's three different sets of readings and then they run on a cycle. But these were some of the readings. And so um, with all that said, um, I just want to start off by asking a question. Do you like surprises? That might seem like a, a bit of a weird one, particularly at this time of year. You think, oh yeah, of course, everybody, everybody loves surprises. But actually think about it. Do you like surprises? Now generally, as a rule, I'm not really a fan of surprises. Um, I like to know what's coming up, what's happening when, and, and have that all straight and all figured out in my head. Uh, so if someone were to throw me a surprise birthday party, I can't think of anything worse but some people eat that kind of stuff up. They love it. You throw them surprises, you get them surprise gifts, you, take, you come and pick them up in the car and take them to somewhere where they don't know where they're going, they don't know what they're going to be doing, and they absolutely love it. So I think you kind of fall on one side of that argument, one way or the other. You either really, really like surprises, or you really, really don't. But at this time of year, surprises, of course, is on lots of people's minds. We, we give and receive gifts over the Christmas period. And all of that is about being surprised by stuff, isn't it? It's the reason that we wrap up those presents it's so that you don't know what they are. As some of us can't wait until Christmas. And so we're under the tree and looking at the shape and giving it a shake and a squeeze. And maybe even pulling a little bit of the wrapping paper away to see if we can get a little glimpse as to what that is. We just can't wait. We can't, we can't cope with the fact that we don't know what that is. Some of us love it and, and we relish the fact of not knowing what that thing is. And it, it's wonderful to, to open that gift up in front of someone and be completely taken aback and completely surprised by that gift. So for you today, do you like surprises? And with all that said, um, I want to just give a, a quote before we get into the readings. It's from a Catholic theologian and priest called Ronald Rollheiser, which is a fantastic name. And he says this in uh, one of his books about uh, Advent and Christmas. He says this, I think a really good gauge of spiritual health is to pay attention to your capacity for divine surprises. I'll say that again because he uses quite a few big words in a short sentence there. I think a really good gauge of spiritual health is to pay attention to your capacity for divine surprises. So with surprises on our mind, uh, let's hear from the first of our two readings on this podcast. The first one is from Isaiah, uh, but it's not going to be anything that you expect. We're not going into chapter 2. We're not going into chapter 9. We're somewhere in the middle. We're in Isaiah chapter 7. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king Rezin of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remelah, 
king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now, the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shear Jashub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool, on the road to the launderer's field, and say to him, Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smouldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of reason, and Aram, and the son of Remelah. Aram, Ephraim, and Ramelah's son have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves, and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only reason. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on your house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, particularly at the beginning of that reading, uh, which we don't need to get into now. We'll unpack that a bit more in Sunday. But thinking about what we need to think about today, focusing on this idea of surprises and how surprises are presented to us, Um, thinking back to last episode of the podcast, this idea of the revelation and the response. All of this kind of builds up to a head in this quite well-known and recognisable little bit of a, a quotable bit from here, doesn't it? Where it says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So all of the signs that have been kind of bubbling away under the surface through the prophets for hundreds if not thousands of years are all coming up to a head here. In just the the short time that we've had in the Advent, we've seen um, mention of a mountain, talk of cities, 
the branch and the stump. This idea of these very unusual animals coming together and, and living peacefully. And now all of these signs build up to this crescendo of a child. And the method that God uses as a way of communicating through these signs is consistent over and over again. Just 14 verses into the first chapter of the entire Hebrew Bible, we read that God places lights in the sky as what? As signs. As signs to mark the days and the seasons and the years. As signs to help people see the way. As signs to govern over the day and the night. As signs for people to understand length of time and duration and what's going on. A few chapters later in the Hebrew Bible, in the flood story with Noah and the ark, we see God putting a rainbow in the sky as what? As a sign, as a reminder of God's promises. Later on in the Exodus story, God uses Moses as an instigator of lots and lots of different signs to not only convince Pharaoh to release the Israelites, but also to convince the Israelites themselves that God has in fact sent Moses and Aaron to do just that. And then we told us those same slaves are wandering around in the wilderness after being freed. They receive multiple signs from God, whether that's uh, quails and manna from heaven, whether that's water from a rock, this pattern goes on and on and on. It's the revelation and how we respond. And the revelation, we're told, comes as a sign. So, the question I'm going to ask on Sunday is a question I'm going to ask you now. Are you open to God surprising you? Are you open to God surprising you with signs? Are you open to this surprise of God speaking to you today? Of God revealing things to you today? And then our second reading is from Matthew chapter 1. And again, a very um, obvious reading at this time of year. We have the, we've just had the, the genealogy uh, of Jesus. And then we move into this bit um, in verse 18 of chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Here it is again. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, 
the exact words that Isaiah gave to the king in our first reading. Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So just in this short, very well-known bit of the the Christmas story, we see here um, another character, just like we saw Ahaz in the first example. Now we have Joseph as our second example. And looking at these two side by side and looking at these two as a case study is what we're going to kind of dig into again a bit more in depth on Sunday. But notice that here there is a surprise for Joseph A different kind of surprise, but I'm sure just as surprising news to Joseph as Ahaz received from the prophet Isaiah in our first reading. But this surprise comes in a slightly different way. Where this surprise, where this message, where this word from God came from the prophet, the mouthpiece of God in the Hebrew Bible from the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz, here we see... This surprise is coming from an angel, another kind of messenger from God. But this is coming in a different form. This isn't just a straight up angel appearing as in what happened to Zechariah or what happened to Mary herself. But here we see an angel appearing to Joseph. How? In a dream. A dream? Having an angel appear to you in the first place is a difficult thing to think of, but now we have an angel appearing to someone in a dream. We've just gone another layer under now. A dream. And what this makes me think of as I was reading this and thinking about this this week during Advent is that maybe we should be more open to this idea of God speaking to us, but not just speaking to us, but speaking to us through our dreams. That in our most kind of unconscious moments in our most unaware state maybe we can be our most aware our most conscious our most awake when we're actually asleep that in these most unconscious moments that God is still working and moving and even speaking and revealing and surprising us then in that, in our moments when we're least ready to listen, perhaps that's when God chooses to speak. Just something to think about there. And notice the two messages, even though they concern two very, very different things, actually link up. Yes, they refer to the same thing. We even get a quote from the angel um, in Matthew 1, riffing back and kind of hyperlinking back to Isaiah 7. But what do we, what do we have here? We say, it, it says here, Do not be afraid. When the prophet speaks to Ahaz, the king, and we've already heard about how news of what's going on and how the rumblings that have been happening have left him and the entire nation shook shaken like trees in the wind it even describes here the prophet here speaks these words of God and some of the first words that come to King Ahaz is do not be afraid and then when this angel appears to Joseph in the dream 
what does the angel say? Do not be afraid. See, surprises can be good. Surprises can be bad in our lives. I'm sure you can think of example after example after example where you've had a nice surprise and it's been a lovely thing to have happen. And also example after example of not so nice surprises, of things that have rocked you and your world and your loved ones and the the things that are going on around you. Maybe you've even felt like Ahaz and that nation in that first reading, you felt shaken. You felt like those trees just being trembling in that gust of wind. This surprise was anything but a nice surprise. But the words from the prophet and the words from the angel are the words from God for us today. Whatever we're going through, whatever seasons in our lives we find ourselves in this season of Advent, in this season of waiting, the message is the same. Do not be afraid. And why? Simply Jesus. Do not be afraid because Jesus is coming, has come and will come. Grace and peace.